This episode of The Writer Files is brought to you by Words Matter by Wix. Are you looking for that burst of inspiration to break through your writer's block? Or maybe you just need some quick grammar and style tips. Words Matter has tons of articles and resources to help you become a better writer. Plus invites to intensive in-person writing workshops you won't want to miss. Just head over to wix.com slash wordsmatter slash blog to learn more. That's wix.com slash wordsmatter slash blog. Quite often when I get stuck, I will do something writing for half an hour. I will then go and do something fun for half an hour. And then I'll mm-hmm. write for half an hour. I'll do something fun for half an hour. And the logic of that seems to dictate that you're only going to work for half the day because you're spending half the time writing and half the time not writing. But you actually get far more done because the time that you're spending writing is totally focused on that. And you you tend to get far more words written, whereas otherwise, if you think, okay, I'm going to sit down at my desk for eight hours today and, and write as much as I can, your brain ends up wandering and you start thinking about these other things that you have to do. Greetings, salutations. Welcome back to The Writer Files. I am your host, Kelton Reed. And in part two of this file, the international best-selling hybrid author and crime novelist, Adam Croft, returned to chat with me from overseas about the processes, productivity hacks, and professionalism that have helped him become one of the most successful independently published authors in the world. After multiple bestsellers and selling nearly 2 million books in over 120 countries, he's become an authority on self-publishing has been featured on BBC, The Guardian, Huffington Post, The Bookseller, and many others. Now Adam shares his unique expertise of the craft at the Indie Author Mindset, where he offers to help authors cut through the overwhelming and often conflicting information that's out there with solid help and information. And Adam was kind enough to drop some of that wisdom here for you today, so I'll tease the promo code I've also put in the show notes for those of you who've been patiently waiting writer files all caps no space for a 50 percent discount on every course at the indie author mindset just for listeners of this show just go to courses.indieauthormindset.com and pop that in there writer files all caps no space courses.indieauthormindset.com if you missed the first half of this show you can find it in the show notes the archives at writerfiles.fm And you can find the last 100 episodes on Apple Podcasts or wherever you pod. In part two of this file, Adam and I discussed why the author doesn't sit still or look back. The uphill battle ahead for aspiring indie authors. How Adam stays organized and energized as an author slash entrepreneur. The productivity hacks that help him stay prolific. Why writers need to treat their craft with more respect and cutting through the bullshit of self-publishing. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published. And leave us a rating or a review over on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Also, The Writer Files is now available on Alexa because Apple Podcasts are available on Alexa-enabled Amazon devices in the United States. 
Now all you have to do is say, Alexa, play the writer files on Apple Podcasts, and she'll probably grant your wish. Stay tuned. What does it feel like to outsell some of your heroes as a as an independent <laughs> author? And then let's also talk a little bit about kind of um, you know when you did achieve that success and you got noticed and and I think you did kind of a hybrid deal, you know what that was like, or you know um, whether or not you consider yourself a hybrid author at this point. Um, well, I mean, things changed very quickly, as I said earlier, even though I'd been laying down the groundwork for a long time. Um, it, it took off within a you know, matter of, of days and, and within weeks, I was going from earning kind of you know, $20 a day to, um, to over a thousand. And it was, uh, yeah, it was great, obviously, <laughs> but it was also a lot of things that, <laughs> that that changed and needed to be juggled. You know, a lot of um, podcast appearances, interviews and videos and stuff and um, various people obviously wanting help and advice and always trying to, you know, help as many people as I can. And that was right at the end of 2015, beginning of 2016. And yeah, it was then a case of just trying to um, capitalize on that really and, and focus on on where I went from there. Um, Amazon Publishing got in contact quite quickly um, after obviously seeing the book rising up the charts and seeing how much it was selling um, and wanted to talk to me about my future plans. Um, and they came to me with a deal which was kind of later that year, uh, later 2016, and they wanted um, to repackage and republish Her Last Tomorrow, um, which by that point was you know starting to... Um, it kind of reached its um, height, I think, and was starting to drop off a bit. So I was perfectly happy for them to, to do that. Mm. Um, they wanted to give me a nice bit of money for it. So I thought I'd kind of done what I could with it. So I was fairly happy. And they wanted the next book of mine, which um, was one I'd been working on, but again, wasn't entirely happy with it. It was a bit of a departure from what I'd done before, but they seemed to like it. And again, wanted to give me some decent money for it. So I said, fine okay I'll, I'll write it and you can have it that came out february 2017 mm -hmm. um and it was the uh, kindle first choice that month and wow. as a result it um hit uh, storewide number one in the uk and the us and uh, amazon in their author rankings uh, had me ranked at that point in time as most widely read author in the world, which was obviously <laughs> amazing. Um, but it was kind of overshadowed because at that point when I got the email from somebody telling me that they'd, they'd seen that and, and showing me the screenshot of me as the most widely read author in the world and JK Rowling in second place, I was <laughs> um, at that point I was uh, in the hospital um, oh, no. with, with my wife who was um, about to give birth to our first child. So. Oh, okay. That story ended better than <laughs> I thought it was going to Yeah, no, yeah. It was, uh, it, it was all good, but um, yeah, kind of overshadowed by um, by that. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was obviously the greatest time in my life, but um, I've got to say that knocking JK Rowling off the top spot um, did come second <laughs> to, no. to the birth of my son, obviously. But um, Interesting. At, at that point in time, I think I didn't really get time to stop and sit back and think okay this is what's happening this is this is the way things have changed um it was just things were happening things were moving and it was i just had to kind of keep up with it really but i've, I've never been somebody to look back or to say you know you know look how brilliantly i'm doing um you know i mean you know when you're writing a biography or, or trying to sell 
you know, courses or books, then you, you do have to do a little bit of the, you know, this is, this is what I've done. Then you have to sell yourself, but I'm, I'm not, you know, that's not a natural thing for me. I'm yeah. always thinking about where to go next. I'm thinking about books I want to write and things I want to do. Um, and you know, I am, I am ambitious as well. There's, there's still places I want to go and things I want to do and things I want to tick off the list. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't sit still. I don't look back. Um, and I, I guess I just kind of, I don't know. I, I, I adapt to the situations as they change. It's all you can do, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's got to be. I mean, I know it's it's hard to pat yourself on the back. And as you mentioned, you kind of, you know, you suffer from some imposter syndrome, as so many writers mm-hmm. do, especially um, best-selling authors who are like Tess Gerritsen, for instance, who I know you read because I see book on the book a bookshelf of, and a photo of you <laughs> um or maybe you don't i don't know maybe it's just for show but um no tess was on this show and she's great too and and yeah, you know i think we had this same discussion where i said you know what's it what does it feel like now 20 books later 20 plus books later or whatever and she said i don't know you know like i don't know why mm-hmm. people love what they love or, you know and mm-hmm. uh you know she kind of has that that same humility but also you know i think it's i think it's also hard for writers to again kind of get into that mindset of self-promotion and you know i know Mm. you talk talk pretty extensively about imposter syndrome and what what is it why do we suffer from this this thing that that may prevent some authors from actually getting into that mindset i don't know i mean there is it does cause i guess a level of anxiety and thinking you know today is the day i get found out and <laughs> mm. we realize that none of this actually happened or deserved to have happened um but also it's something that can can drive you on um i think if you're never happy with what you do um and you don't see the things other people do then you kind of drive yourself on to to do better every time so i think there's there's definitely an element of that in it as well i think if i if I thought, okay, I, I've done it now, I've done what I want to do, um, then you know, perhaps there's a, an element of that in those authors that I spoke about earlier who have had a great year and thought, you know, this is this is it, this is done now. And you know, I know myself. You know, in last year, 2019, I um, I I got ill and I I didn't work for for five or six months, and things drop off. You know, they're 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 back again now. Fortunately. <laughs> Having the platform there meant it only took a, a month or so to to get things um, back up again. But yeah. um, you know, it, if you take your if you take your foot off the gas, then then things do slip, and things like health and just real life do get in the way. And that's that's the case for me. Um, even having had the success that I've had, and even having the um, being fortunate enough to, to work on this full time and to have my wife working with me full time on it and to, um, you know, to have VAs and other people who, who do bits for me. Um, even then, if I take my foot off the gas, things, um, will, will start to slip. So it's, it's an uphill battle now, I think for a, a new writer who's having to do this in the evenings and weekends, um, to get there. But, um, yes, it's, it's definitely not impossible. And I think with the right long-term business mindset, um, you're far more likely not only to to reach that level, but also to stay there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will also link to a show I did with neuroscientist Michael Gribko uh, dedicated to imposter syndrome, uh, where we kind of dig into the 
the science behind it, mm. which of course uh, I can't draw from because it happened last year in a, anything, any show that happened in more than three months ago, just completely becomes- You've got a better uh, memory than I have. <laughs> my trick is about three hours. <laughs> there you go. Well, man, it's a thrill to, to get you on here and just rapping about this stuff because I'm sure that so many authors run up against a lot of the, a lot of the challenges that you speak about in the indie author mindset and yeah, just so many great resources in there. And, and, you know, I know talking about productivity hacks and can feel tedious, you know, everybody's got a productivity hack, but we do talk about productivity hacks quite a bit on this show. Um, you know, I do, uh, I do ask authors so often, like how they stay organized. So I'll ask you the same, but you know, how do you stay organized? What, what's your process now as an author, entrepreneur, and, um, advocate for indie publishing, um, how, how, you know, you, you talked about burnout in the book and, and I know you've probably run up against that as well. How do you avoid burnout? How do you keep all of, and how do you keep the creative juices flowing? Kind of just touch on it if you can. Yeah, I think it's a, a case of keeping enthused about it and, and wanting to do it. Um, I think that's why some people get afraid of engaging that professional and business mindset because they think once it becomes a job you're not going to enjoy it as much but that's not the case and there's a lot of enjoyments we had in getting organized and taking that stress out of it i think actually if you've if you know what you're doing with your day if you've got short medium and long-term plans and goals and lists that you're sticking to um all that tediousness of creating lists and getting organized um actually gives you that freedom it settles that side of your mind um you're not worrying about it anymore and it gives you that creative freedom to to write more books and to to get more out there and i think productivity hacks are a huge thing um, and vital for for authors as you say there are so many different methods and and ways of getting more productive and i think once you find one or two or however many that work for you um it can only be a good thing because you're gonna write more you're gonna get more books out there and as i said earlier that's that's one of the ways of making sure you're you're gonna earn more money is getting more books out there getting more mm -hmm. products out there um and oddly enough um productivity is um and and kind of the the the, the mental psychological side of things is um the basis for my my next indie author mindset mini course so yeah, oh, cool. we have kind of come full circle there which is nice yeah absolutely well yeah i was just gonna say that you know so many of the things you mentioned are things that i've also found just you know i mean like you mentioned the pomodoro technique i know it's one that that you know writers talk about a lot it really is effective it does work though right i mean just yeah. setting a timer yeah yeah for that short amount of time and then make you know not allowing yourself to do anything but sit there and write you know, and, and yeah. there's a piece about boredom to that, right? And, you know, I know writing is this solitary thing that can be really tedious sitting in that chair, back aching mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe your your wrists are kind of sore. But yeah, talk mm -hmm. about that for a sec. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, the Pomodoro technique and lots of productivity hacks are about breaking things down. Um, and any task... Um, can seem impossible if it's not um, if it's not kind of broken down into things which I think I can't remember what the the acronym is but it needs to be achievable and measurable and, and, mm -hmm. and all these these different aspects to them um, and I think when you sit down you go okay I'm going to write a book 
that's 100,000 words. It's a huge undertaking. It's a long chunk of your life. And it, it, it just seems extremely daunting. And it's much simpler if you can break that down to, okay, in this, you know, this morning I'm going to write a thousand words and then I'm going to go and do something else. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to write another thousand words. Um, or even if it's just, okay, I'm going to write for 20 minutes and then I'm going to go and do something else for 20 minutes. And I'm going to come back and write again for 20 minutes. It kind of takes the pressure off. Um, you're not sitting down to write a hundred thousand word novel. You're sitting down to do some writing for 20 minutes or to bash out a thousand words. And not only do those thousands of words and 20 minute segments all add up but you're also you end up getting far more done i found that even if i'm you know i quite often when i get stuck i will do something writing for half an hour i will then go and do something fun for half an hour and then i'll mm -hmm. write for half an hour i'll do something fun for half an hour and the logic of that seems to dictate that you're only going to work for half the day because you're spending half the time writing and half the time not writing, but you actually get far more done because the time that you're spending writing is totally focused on that. And you, you tend to get far more words written. Whereas otherwise, if you think, okay, I'm going to sit down at my desk for eight hours today and, and write as much as I can, your brain ends up wandering and you start thinking about these other things that you have to do. Whereas if you've blocked off that time every half an hour to do that, those thoughts don't invade your brain gets into the mode of thinking okay this half an hour is just for writing i don't need to keep thinking of the other stuff because it's not long until i'll be doing that um and you're just kind of segmenting off uh, that time for for doing those things and you do get a lot more done you you, you know you write at more than double the speed so the fact you're only spending half the day writing is is kind of irrelevant you still end up with a, a net benefit yeah absolutely and there, there is something, and we we have also dug into the neuroscience of of that com what uh, Einstein dubbed um, combinatory play, that your your brain is actually working on the problem or the plot or whatever it is yeah. in the yeah. background while you are doing something else. So he, you know, he was mm -hmm. he was a fan of uh, painting or, or playing playing a musical instrument to kind of you know to release some of that pressure. But your brain does some of that work, right? So you're you're working, then you're and you're kind of letting off the gas, which is I think important, as you mentioned, to get into that flow state, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's you know it's countless times that I've been writing something and I've run into a problem, or even if it's not writing, it could be you know trying to sort out a formula on a spreadsheet or something, and I've sat there for hours thinking this is just impossible. Why can't I get it to work? Um, and if you go off for a walk or if you close down the computer and come back to it the next day. You open it up and the answer's right there in front of you and you feel like an idiot for having spent so long yesterday mm -hmm. fighting over it when it it's really obvious what you should do. And as you say, yeah, you your, your brain is working these things out in the background. Um, even if you're not um, thinking about it at the time, it's still doing it in the same way that while you're not thinking about breathing, you're still doing it. You don't have to think about beating your heart. It does it. Um, yeah. And an enormous proportion of the brain's energy is is being used on things that are kind of background processes then they're, they're not the the apps that you've got on the screen they're the ones that are still open in the background yeah absolutely well um i want to dig into creativity a little bit if you have time mm, and just sure. ask um you to try to define 
creativity kind of in your own estimation? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, wow. Okay. That's a big one. Um, I mean, I guess I can only really define how I see creativity, which is, I mean, I've always been told I'm a creative person, but never really felt like one. I think I just, I just enjoy creating stories. I, I mean, I enjoy creating anything, but I'm generally speaking pretty useless at most things. Um, you know, I, I'd love to be able to draw, but I can't. I'd love to be able to kind of make things out of wood or metal, but I'm practically useless manually. Um, and you know, one thing I, I have been able to do since a, a young age is, is work with words. And I was always a very good reader and a very good writer. So I think for me, that's probably that. That was naturally my way of of, of creating things. And I think all people are creative um, in, in their own way. I think we kind of tend to associate creativity too much with the arts um, and think that somebody who's creative, they're a painter or they're a musician or, or you know, they're a, they're a crafter of some sort. Um, but I don't think that's the case. I think creativity is, it, it kind of permeates everything. Um, and yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a case that some people are creative and other people aren't. I think everybody's got a, a creative outlet, um, in, in one way or another, maybe they're just a, they're a, a brilliant raconteur or joke teller in the pub. Um, you know, that's a, a, <laughs> a, a, a form of creativity in itself. You know, I think, I don't think it has to necessarily be associated with the arts. I think as human beings, we like to entertain, we like to be entertained, um, we like to create. Um, I think it's just, um, it's a part of the human condition. It's not something that I kind of look into too much, really. It's something I enjoy doing. And thankfully, I'm lucky enough that it's something that other people enjoy me doing. Yeah. Do you, um, do you have a creative muse right now? Something that's kind of uh, spurring you on or, or inspiring your your writing? Uh, yeah, usually it's the bills landing on my doormat. That tends, <laughs> to, do, that tends to do the job. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm very, um, yeah, I'm very upfront about things. It's, this is for me. It's a job. I think if I get too much um, into thinking about creative muses and influences and things like that, I think you can, um, you can get a bit too up yourself. Maybe sometimes mm. I, I, I do see woo -woo something. And yeah, sure. Yeah, and they're staring out of windows waiting for something to come to them. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is a job. Um, it can just be a fun thing you do in your spare time, and that's fine. But, you know, if you want to make a career out of it, and you know, I'll suggest that all writers do because, great, if you love doing this for a couple of hours in the evening or at the weekend, then that's brilliant. Um, but, you know, what if you could do it all day, every day? And the only way to do that is for it to earn some money unless you win the lottery. Yeah. So it's you know being able to make money from it and be able to sustain your writing um and to earn enough that you can just carry on writing and doing what you love um is is the dream really and for me i treat it like a job i give it that respect because i've been fortunate enough to to get to that position um i think anybody else in any other job if they work in a supermarket they can't say do you know what i don't feel inspired to go into work today my, my i don't have my muse yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. they, they, they wouldn't last five minutes so i can't do that in my job either i have to give it the respect it deserves yeah it's interesting that you quote Pressfield a couple times in your book you know just from his uh, <laughs> his classic uh war of art mm. and um 
It's a great book. And he talks about resistance and yeah. sometimes wonder about, you know, resistance and, and creativity and, and, you know, there, it's, it's almost, there's almost like this fine line between, you know, where you start to, where you start to uh, dip into, as you mentioned, kind of, I don't know, there's like a, that supernatural like thing, which is, you know, for practical or, you know, pragmatic people, um, again, a little bit. Yeah. It's, a, it's too much. It's like, I don't mm. know. Um, but yeah, yeah. As, you, as you put it, you know, there's a very practical side to that create creative muse. And, and a lot of it is, um, especially, if, you know, when you're looking at your, your career as a, as a, uh, a viable business that, you know, you can't really wax too philosophical about it. No, you can't. No, I mean, we can do too much navel gazing. Um, you know, and of course, there's a, a certain amount of you know, self-judgment you have to do and to, to work out whether you're you're heading the right way, whether you're doing the right things and which direction you're going in. Um, but I think that has to be assessed in a business sense. You know, my wife and I will sit down every week and we'll essentially have a business meeting. You know, we'll look yeah. at you know, pre previous month sales figures. We'll look at promotions and things we've got coming up and look at things that way. Um, you know, look at the progress of books, look at the plans for future ones, um, you know, things that I want to write because I want to write them, things that I should be writing because they're selling well. Um, and, you know, we'll make those decisions um, from a business point of view. And I find a huge amount of creativity in in that side of things, in treating it like a business and in being organized and disciplined with it. Um, I, you know, my creativity works best within that box. I think if I didn't have to do that side of things, if I had a you know, publisher taking care of certain things, or if I could just do what I wanted when I wanted, um, I don't think I'd work half as well. I think, you know, feeling like I am, essentially um part of that production line i actually quite enjoy and that's um you know that gives me um i guess a, a real grounding um and something that anchors me into place and my creativity can flow completely with within that and i don't feel constrained whatsoever that's cool well um yeah and uh you're you know a prolific um author so that's really cool to it's cool to hear. And, you know, I think, um, before we sign off and, and talk, uh, just one more little bit about the indie author mindset. Um, mm. I wanted to ask you a fun one. I, I may know the answer to this already, but do you have a favorite literary character of all time? That's a good question that, um, I don't think I do. Um, I mean, I, to be honest, I don't even have a favorite book of all time. I, I do get asked that one quite a lot. <laughs> and in order to make myself sound good, I normally just say to kill a mockingbird, which you know, <laughs> is definitely one of my favorites, but, um, <laughs> it's one that always jumps to mind. And I guess it's not going to stand out too much because everybody says it as well. Right. Um, but you know, I, I read a, a, a very wide range of things. Um, I, to be honest, nowadays, I tend to mostly read nonfiction, um, mainly because I live in a fictional world through the day anyway. So when I'm wanting to read something else, I like to kind of give myself a bit of grounding back in real life again. Mm -hmm. I'm, 
I'm a bit of a kind of a, a polymath, I guess. I, I'm always trying to learn things and have new interests and um, find out more about the world while I'm in it. So, yeah, it's it's mostly nonfiction for me. Um, I do get the chance to read um, some fiction too, but I, I tend to kind of stick to the, the crime and thriller side of things that I that I know and through kind of friends that I have in the, in the genres. Um, but, yeah, in terms of a favourite character um or a favorite protagonist not not really no no i don't i don't have one and that's probably not the answer you want no that's that's uh that's good that's <laughs> it you, you revealed quite a bit about your reading habits so um no that's cool yeah i think nonfiction is probably really important to informing mm. fiction so much i mean obviously you're yeah, doing yeah. quite a bit of research but um all right so one more fun one if you could choose one author from any era for an all expense paid dinner to your favorite spot um who would you take and where would you take them oh um it would definitely be harold pinter he's um definitely a literary hero of mine mm. um in terms of where we'd go um that's a good one um i don't know i mean he he's dead now so i can't ask him but i, <laughs> I i've read i've read quite a few kind of biographies and books about him i don't remember any of them mentioning whether or not he liked curry but if he did i'll take him out for an indian oh nice very nice i'm sure he would love that well i would that's the main thing and he's dead, <laughs> that's so right that's all that <laughs> um all right well before we sign off with your with your last uh bit of advice to your fellow scribes i will just mention one more time um these great resources adam's home base is adamcroft.net and um it's cool because you can go over there and um, actually read a couple of Adam's books for free, which is very nice uh, of him to do. And, you know, there's lots of good stuff over there. But I think we want to refer back to IndieAuthorMindset.com one more time um, where you can check out the books, the courses. And um, Adam is going to just mention to us a quick promotion that he's offering yeah well to yeah say thank you for having me on the podcast i'd like to uh, and to thank people who've been listening for this long as well they must be mad to have got this far but um <laughs> sorry for, uh, <laughs> to, to sugar that pill a little bit i'd like to um to give them a, a a hefty discount off of any of my courses if they'd like to take them so we'll um we'll put the uh, the promo code in the show notes for them absolutely promo code in the show notes um so click over to grab that and thank you adam for um for doing that for the listeners of the writer files and thank i'm you. sure they'll get something out of it as i did uh indieauthormindset.com check out all the great resources over there and um a couple other places we want to mention uh, there is a facebook group for indie author mindset correct Yes, yeah, the Indie Author Mindset Facebook group has got, um, I think, a couple of thousand people in there now. Um, it's, yeah, there are lots of Facebook groups for for authors. Um, this one, you know, naturally focuses on the, the long-term side of things and, and the business side of things rather than, you know, what's hot now with ads. And, you know, there are lots of groups that do that. This is more about kind of getting organized um, and doing things the right way. It's a um, yeah. very kind of close-knit, supportive group. Everybody's very welcoming, uh, very friendly. There are people from, from all stages of their career, from people who haven't written books yet, up to the like of, likes of um, Mark Dawson and Joanna Penn in there as well. And also... Mm. 
people from BookBub, from Kobo, from Amazon um, in there too. So yeah, it's a great kind of melting pot of knowledge and completely free as well. Absolutely. Well, I will link to that as well. And, um, you know, as you, as you've stated, um, and the author mindset is really about what self-publishing is not and dispelling um, some of those myths and, and that snake going on, cutting That's through the bull. That's a great tagline. <laughs> I'm having that. Yeah. You need author mindset. What self-publishing is not, or maybe right. cutting through the bull. I might go yeah. for that one. Instead. All right. You can, you can have those <laughs> free of charge uh, today. And uh, yeah. Is there anywhere else we want to point listeners before we do our last uh, sign off? I don't think so. No, I mean, I'm, I'm on Twitter as well, like everybody, at Adam Croft, um, okay. Adam Croft Books on, on Instagram. Um, yeah, I mean, find me wherever, really. Send me an email through my website if you want to have a chat. I'm uh, fairly approachable as long as I'm uh, you know, not too grumpy that day. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to ask you, finally, yeah, if you just had any one, one final pearl for... Um, aspiring writers on just how to how to keep going how to how to stay invigorated well i think when it comes to keeping going we don't really have any choice i think we're always thinking will it happen will it take off for me will i be successful at this um i think the moment you stop trying you've just guaranteed it won't once you stop writing once you stop doing things once you stop trying it's definitely not going to happen for you and you've got to be in it to win it. So all you can do is carry on. I love that. That's a great place to wrap. And uh, thanks for letting me pick your brain today. I know that listeners will get a lot out of this one and uh, thanks for stopping by the studio. It's a pleasure. Just kidding. Adam is in, in the UK (laughs) somewhere (laughs) in the mysterious hideout in the UK. Um, It's a long long walk home, (laughs) but thank you again for taking the time. We really appreciate it. And we hope you come back again. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us for this half of the writer files. And if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers find us. You can always leave us a comment or a question and visit the entire archives at writerfiles.fm, where we also humbly ask you to support the show with a secure donation to help us keep going. Just click the little yellow PayPal donate button over at writerfiles.fm. And you can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week. And thank you.